Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. We tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 12.30 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. Welcome back. We're talking about existential OCD today. Uh, we're going to just start by talking about common obsessions and compulsions and exposures that one can do if they are struggling with existential OCD and how we work with people. Um, so, so, oh my gosh, hi from Singapore. That's cool. Hi. Yes. Hello. Wow. <clears throat> Glad to have you here. So is it tomorrow there? Oh my gosh, I think it is tomorrow there. Uh, okay, sorry. What is existential OCD? This is a great so, question to start boom. us off. Bam. Existential OCD is basically when somebody has intrusive thoughts about the meaning of life and or about the afterlife, the nature of reality, those kinds of things, which can be really anxiety provoking for people. I think for people generally, even if they don't have OCD. Right. And also, I think religion, like going into like the concentric circles of OCD. Yeah. And diagram. It, yeah. It's kind of, you know, the scrupulosity mm -hmm. laps over in this one. Yep. And in fact, somebody asked in the questions, and we'll have to get to that hopefully, uh, about that sort of overlap. So, um, and I think it's important to talk about it. So... Mm -hmm. So yeah, common obsessions maybe in include what's what's the meaning of life? Am I doing my life right? Um, is this even reality? Do I live in a simulation? There was an Elon Musk article that came out not so long ago mm -hmm. that really triggered a lot of people. Yeah, um, about how it's possible that we all live in a simulation. Uh, how do we know it's real? How do we know we're not in the matrix? You know, we don't. That's spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> How do you want to live your best life in the matrix, folks? Yeah. Um, okay. Or your okayest life in the matrix. You're okay. Yeah. <laughs> Subpar. I'm kidding. I'm don't, kidding. That was yeah. a bad joke, Kelly. Stop. <laughs> I don't think it was a bad joke. Okay. Anyways, um, yes, those are all. And as the, as the conversation progresses, you will see that a lot of other flavors come into play here. So yeah. I actually had, a, and I've talked about this publicly, but I had existential OCD as a kid uh, that mostly revolved around what happens after we die and what if I don't like eternity, you know, stuff like that, uh, which is cool right. when you're seven 
and your parents are like, what the hell? Um, so, but, so like we had mentioned before, is that we think that's probably a common experience for kids to have yeah. this flavor. I've seen it a few times. I even see it starting to build in my own daughter. I'm like, mm. <clears throat> we're talking about death a lot, you know. But anyways, the point is, is who isn't, doesn't have angst against what's going to happen after and what's the point of all this. Right. Right. Exactly. It's super normal human experience. The problem, of course, did you see existential by Ancho CD? Is that what you're smelling? No, I was laughing at Kevin said spicy OCD. No, that's the, and then he said existential by Ancho CD. Okay. (laughs) It's another flavor. (laughs) It's true. It's true. It's true. Um, Check out Fear Cat's (laughs) podcast, by the way. He's here, but he he's also here. has a podcast. His name is Kevin Fox, LMFT. Awesome. Yeah, he's he's the other KF. Yeah, he is KF. Female KF. You're the he's the male KF actually. Yeah, You're the female KF. I that's what I meant. Sometimes we change, you know. <laughs> You're gender more fluid it's like great. that. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so yes, I agree. Very very common for all people to have anxiety about this. However, it becomes OCD when we see that it's uh, taking up large quantities of one's time, it's uh, debilitating in some respect or distressing or causing a general impairment in life. And um, when, essentially when people spend an inordinate amount of time responding to the obsessions through compulsions. Right. Um, And Oftentimes you do see this with just like the dissociation of some level. So people who have a lot of panic attacks get this sense of dissociation or they dissociate and then they go, nothing seems real. Um, Lauren has been the witness of my, uh, an epic meltdown one time over this. (laughs) And um, at some point I was in the shower, like grabbing my shampoo. She wasn't for the shower part, but... (laughs) I was that not, no. that came after, but um, unrelated. Uh, <laughs> and I went to grab the shampoo, and I was like, "That's why did I just do that? Was that my hand? Like, did I choose that, or did, did what? Like, because it's so automatic, it doesn't matter. I don't want to give reassurance. The point is, is that there's their point, Walter. Is that there's that existential like what." is did who made that choice to pick the shampoo yeah do they even want that am i I am i even inhabiting my body right now right these are these are important questions they're not important questions do not take that seriously sean you're awesome yeah thank you john you're awesome you are awesome cubed yeah oh yeah so plug the sean by the way for a second he did the best did he comment yeah side note like I'm turning left for a second. He did the best comic strip about the the guy who claimed that celery was a, a cure <laughs> for OCD, which, spoiler alert, celery juice is not a cure for OCD. But check out his page um, and also uh, draw your monster because he's awesome. I'm sorry, Sean. I did I missed that one, buddy. So you have to send it to me. Yeah. It's um, real good because, not yeah. not surprised that he nailed it. So thank you, Sean. Yeah. Yep. Um, so compulsions, should we talk so about what people do to like, what, like, like, you know, if you have a thought, like what's, 
what what's going to happen after I die and what what if you don't like uh what if you don't like eternity you might ask your parents over and over again whether or not you're going to be okay that's reassurance seeking right and I did a whole lot of that as a kid um just desperate like tell me it's going to be okay which of course yeah. Good luck. Who knows, right? Like nobody knows, and that's poor okay. baby Lauren. I know. Of course, she was so sweet. I do too. I do too. Can you, do you? Would you mind being more specific? Was it only that, or I'm curious? Like, would you say yeah. like, would you t- tell a story that scared, triggered you, and be like, is that gonna happen? Like, how did it? So it was like it was such a long time ago that it's really hard to remember. I have flashes, but I remember that, like. I'd be driving in a in a car and I'd have a sense of reality that I didn't that, that would trigger me, right? Like and it might have been a little bit of derealization, right? Like yeah, a set, like I, I a bet. Just, a little bit of awareness of like, oh, this is I'm in this existential situation and oh, yeah. and how am I yeah. Um but I, I do remember that at night I would really, really have a hard time. And so I would start weeping. I would, um, and I would just need my mom to reassure me over and over again that, that I was going to be okay. That, and that I think it was just all around death, right? Like my aunt had just died and uh, I was right around the age that I learned about death and in any sense. So I, you know, I, I think anything in that realm could trigger me and lead me to just want to figure out that I was going to be okay that I was going to be able to survive it or that maybe I would like it. Could we prove that I would like it, you know, and that kind of stuff, you know? Right. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I bet that validates a lot of people's experiences. I hope it does. Um, Yeah. It's like the perfect, the dissociation I'm sure is like, I know as an adult, it's interesting. It's such a trigger. It's like, I think derealization and dissociation are one uh, is one of the biggest triggers of this subtype. Yes, agreed, yeah. agreed. It's like, oh my gosh, but am I? What? Oh, well, here's another good one. What if I'm already dead? Oh, I love that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, it's too late. It already happened. I'm sitting in the the ICU on life support. Actually, <laughs> yeah, this is all a dream. Actually. Yeah, this is all a dream, right? Mm-hmm. 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 Um, I've also had the one where it's, uh, you know, the Truman Show esque. Mm-hmm. There's like a tinge of paranoia, but not paranoia. Not. Yeah, that's that's the thing with OCD though, because if you are worried about that, and then you're in public and you're looking around checking, right? right. Checking for cameras, right? And then you're like, I'm checking for cameras, right? And I'm not paranoid, but I'm worried that maybe I am paranoid. <laughs> right. And then we get into mental health OCD and it's just, right. Again, this is again where our little circles start to overlap. Right. Overlapping circles. That's what totally. that looks like. Yeah. Totally. So, so reassurance seeking is definitely one checking to your point, um, checking how you feel, right. Feeling checking and saying, do I feel real right now? Do I feel yeah. connected to reality? Do I feel like myself? Uh, that can be a really fun compulsion, except for not at all. Um, I've definitely checked in the mirror and said, like, oh, I don't look like myself. That's not me. Mm. What? That doesn't look like my face. Right. 
Right. <clears throat> well, and then of course the, the problem is that you re-trigger yourself, right? You, you do a yeah. compulsion to try to feel better. And this often happens is that all of a sudden you think, no, that doesn't look real. It's sort of like looking at a word for too long or writing it too many yeah. times. All of a sudden you're like, cross-eyed. That's not how, is that how you spell that word? And it's like the word the, right? And it's, it's, it's <laughs> it looks really <laughs> weird. That looks it's weird. Looking at me weird. <laughs> the um. stop looking at me weird. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So then it re-triggers you. Then you're like, oh no, it is unreality. I am in mm-hmm. a state of unreality and therefore it probably isn't real and so on and so forth. Which, yeah. Right. So. Which spins. Um, I was going to say something about that, but anyways. <clears throat> the feeling of unreality, looking at yourself in the mirror and then you don't look real. Yeah. Spins then, in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the checking, emotional checking. Yeah. Just checking the temperature constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are we on compulsions? Yeah, we are. Okay. We talked about reassurance. We talked about checking. Checking. And a lot um, of mental rituals. Just a lot. Of, sorry. Were you going to say something? Well, I just, no. I was going to say something because I didn't want to forget. Go for it. Okay. It's already left. But do it. Oh, I've had, I've seen this a lot where clients will touch things mm-hmm. and make sure that it's real. Like I can feel it. Like when it's gotten, when it's spun out pretty hard, that can, it can lead to that. And it's all about like trust, right? Like trusting your own experience and your own reality. That's what OCD does. It's just casting doubt, doubt, doubt. Yeah. And you're learning how to trust you, essentially. That's what we're teaching you. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you're necessarily, it's, I think of it more as like you're learning to trust your ability to handle whatever comes your way, as opposed to that you need to hold on to something really tight or does that make sense? Totally. Uh, yeah. And there's just like this, well, it's the uncertainty of course, but like, mm-hmm. but part of that I think is weaved with trusting yourself good enough. I guess is what I'm saying. Like trusting, like, you know, with faith and religion is like, you're never, maybe people with scrupulosity don't feel like, "Mm," but they feel enough. Yeah. I will say, and I know you've seen this too, that when, when somebody's really in the thick of it, I don't think that, that we can no. be objective enough. So just no, this is end game. Yeah, end yeah. game. I was talking for, about end game. End game. End game. End game. But just for people who are watching, because I know you're on the same, you're in agreement with that kind of piece of it. Yes, that, of course. You know, yeah. Right. People, you don't. Nobody has enough objectivity when they're in the middle of it. So you know, don't try and see whether or not. Mm-mm. Yeah. Just no compulsions. Drop it like a thought. Right. In fact, first session with a therapist, they'll say to you, an OC specialist would say, we're not going to figure this out at all. Right. Like at all. The point is not to figure it out. The point is to live with uncertainty because as something that I posted today by the inimitable Dr. Jonathan Grayson. He's so good. His clothes are great. They really are. They really are. He's just drops them. He does. And it was something to the effect of, uh, as far as we can tell, uh, only stupid people have, have certainty and you're not stupid basically. Yeah. You're not one of those. You're not one of those. So, yeah. Um, so no, we don't get to have certainty about, about 
the state of existence or anything else for that matter. Mm -hmm. What about rumination, mental review? Yes, lots of that. Um, reviewing in what sense though for you is coming up in your mind? What do you think? Well, let's see if, if it were, if, like, if is we it were comparing trying, past self to current? Could be comparing past self to current self. I was just thinking about within the realm of like, let's say you had an obsession, like what if I'm living in the matrix? You might find yourself trying to review whether or not you had have had mo moments of deja vu and whether or not they're indicative of oh, deja vu. Being, that's yeah, because that's a thing. Well, and deja vu is a symptom mm. of the matrix, right? Right, right, right. I think it's been a while since we I've should seen talk the movie. about the deja vu stuff, though. Yeah, because that it's another feeling that there's mm -hmm. that. Yeah, but yeah. So or or reviewing how you felt in a certain circumstance and whether or not you yeah I don't know whether or not you were connected to reality yeah and mentally reviewing to you know past like what just happened I was in a I was walking by a bunch of people were they did they look at me oddly when I was on the phone like he's not or to my friend I'm trying to off the cuff here yeah. where people feel like it's not that that they're talking to somebody who's not maybe there or that it's not real. Like they're and then, not real. The person's not real or right. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that they're a, like a, a fake person. Now we're starting to get into psychosis a little bit. Yeah, like, I know. Yeah. Well, it's, it's hard though. They definitely bleed. They can, they can bleed. For sure. Not to be too triggering, but I yeah. think uh, that the, the thing is that OCD has sort of, good to fair to poor insight as part of the diagnosis and so yes. and that can wax and wane over time definitely yeah um what other good old compulsions can we think of avoiding triggering materials that's a good yes one. Like, like um inception mm -hmm. or matrix yeah or Shutter Island. No, that's a different, that's the psychosis. Sorry. <laughs> oh my God. It's all good. It's supposed uh, to be on my mind today. Um, what else? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's so many different movies that have those kinds of themes. Who who did Inception? I feel like he's got a lot of movies like Interstellar. Leonardo? No, the director, like the Oh, the, I don't know. The guy hmm. behind it. He also did Interstellar. He also did Memento, like all of these movies that really make you question the nature of reality. Yeah. This is why I don't watch movies anymore. Also, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I just don't have time. But um, Interstellar made me so nauseous. Side note. Did it? It was spinning Chris out. Chris Nolan. Yep, that's right. And Batman. and Batman. And yep. Batman. Batman begins. I yeah. mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Anywho. It made you nauseous. Yeah, because it's like spinning. I saw it in an IMAX too, by the oh, way. Oh, whoa. Yeah. It was a problem. That, that would have made me nauseous, I think. Somebody, I, I we catch, sorry, the feed goes by really quickly. So if we're not addressing, that's why we said put your questions in the question box and we'll try and get to them at the end. But 
I did see that researching is a compulsion for someone. And that is, yeah, totally researching uh, whether or not, like, even what philosophers say, right? Or what Elon Musk has to say. <laughs> right. It's like, come back to Elon. Yeah, it's very much like the philosophical thinkers yeah. of OCD world. Yeah. And wanting, it's like, but, wanting yeah. to get certainty in that, right? Like wanting to see what they say and like, oh, well, if they say it, then I'm fine. Until I'm not. Until I'm not. Or it's not real and you're still here though, so. Yeah. I think with this particular subtype, I'd be interested to see if you have this experience too, but more than others, it's uncertainty is more of a foregone conclusion, right? Like there is no certainty. It's more of a what conclusion? Like a, a foregone, like it's it's an inevitable, oh. like it's a... It, it there's no you can't get certainty about these issues nobody can right and and very few people even have I mean maybe some people like people I don't know but I, I think a lot less people have a sense of certainty around this one even if they don't have OCD not that anyone has certainty but some people do have a sense of certainty around things but well, that's it's, 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 it's definitely like a, the Mac daddy, one of the Mac daddies of it. It's hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. It's so like, and it's, known. and it's big too. It's like just, you know, yeah. Yeah. What you said. Also what you said. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a rough one. It is. All right. So favorite exposures. Do you have any, any exposures that you like? Hmm. Well, definitely watching the films. This is my favorite way to do it is like choosing a clip from the film in session Mm -hmm. that is the most triggering for them. And then we watch it practicing mindfulness and present moment without doing mental rituals and acrobats. And then sitting with that anxiety, then rewind, going back, rewinding and kind of going through it. Yep. I love um, that one. I'm, I'm with you on that. Can I have a, a side note ch- tangent based on something I really like of what you said that I think gets misperceived within the realm of OCD treatment by some? Yes. Okay. Um, some people talk about the idea that mindfulness, and you, you've seen this too, that mindfulness is a problem, right? That people are going to use mindfulness compulsively. Now, anything in theory could be used compulsively, I suppose however the idea of what you are no, saying definitely. yeah is that in, it's it's <clears throat> not about using mindfulness to diminish an emotional experience which i think a lot of people associate mindfulness with like deep breathing or uh calming activities and this is not the kind of mindfulness you're talking about you're talking about having the awareness of your thoughts and feelings without responding to them which is, is it's response prevention. Mindfulness is. Yeah. It's ERP. Yeah. But it's so critical to response prevention for mental compulsions. And so that's my brief diatribe. Do you have any additions? Yeah. It's just, even when like you're doing restructuring with clients and, and I have no judgment around this because I felt very similar is like, well, why don't I feel better? Like I'm not getting, I don't feel better. Like, well, but we're not trying to, I know that sounds awful. It's like, why am I coming? It just turns into this. Well, hold on now pump the brakes. 
right? We're just learning how to do these very basic tools that aren't so basic at the end of the day. Yeah. And so that's so that you can actually sit with an exposure effectively. Without and, doing the compulsion. Right. Otherwise, there's no point in doing the exposure. And in fact, it's actually just made things worse. Yeah. I think if there's a, a way to describe this in sort of a nutshell, it's that compulsions are the problem. Anxiety is not the problem. Thoughts are not the problem. Compulsions are the problem. Mm-hmm. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But I think even within the treatment community as a whole, there's this misconception that mindfulness can be problematic. I think if it's actually mindfulness, it's not problematic. It's just about right. being aware of that desire to compulse and making a different choice, like to return to the present. Yeah, you're right. Good point. Anyway, side note over. Uh, no, it was a good side note. <laughs> it was a fantastic sidebar. Aggressive sidebar. It was aggressive. That's it. Um, I still say throwback. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, uh, where are we checking? No, we're We're on exposures. You were saying that people, like walking through people in session with, um, yeah, with movies, which I think is a great exposure and and finding a triggering movie. Um, Same. You can do the same thing with articles, right? Find an article, and either by yourself or with a therapist, right? Like you're reading through it. You're noticing when the thought gets activated, like, oh my gosh, but what if it isn't real? And mm-hmm. that, that desire to figure it out, that urge that's accompanied by doubt and discomfort and uncertainty. And then in the face of that saying like, maybe, maybe, maybe it is true. And it's going know. to feel very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. This is, that's the hard part. Because it feels yeah. very, very um, terrifying, terrifying, and then also irresponsible to drop that line of thought. Like you're going to miss something that's going right. to ruin you. Basically, that's that's the fear that comes with the response prevention. And, right. But then you know you you say maybe, and then you continue on. You come back to the, con- the content of the article. You're just listening. You're just right. hearing the story of the article and then if you get caught again you notice again you go oh look I really want to figure that out I don't know maybe maybe we aren't real okay redirect feeling focus and redirect yeah exactly exactly um another exposure would obviously be the imaginal exposures Mm -hmm. where you're writing a story about it you know I'm walking along one day and I notice something, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't look real. And then I wonder, is this ever going to be, is this actually real? And then maybe the end is dun, 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 whatever your dun, dun, dun is. Right. But for some people it's, I'll never find out or. Right. It isn't real. Or one day I'll, I'll find out that it was a lie all along. Right. That it was a lie all along. Yes. That one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so my authentic life. Yeah. And I always, I, I bring that up because I've had a few clients lately saying things like, well, I just used this format from somebody else for, um, an imaginal. And I'm like, well, but that one, great. I'm glad you found that. And it's, you have, it's not a cookie cutter. Like you have to, there's a lot more 
going on, right? Like your end game isn't that worry thought. So that's why you don't feel as triggered or. Yeah. And some people are more triggered when you say this is happening. This is happening. And some people are more. Right. Some people are more triggered by maybes. It's possible Mm -hmm. that because that feels more real to them. Right. They may. Because it is. Right. I think, honestly, I think maybe is a much more difficult exposure, but I suppose everyone's a little bit different. Yeah. That's what I hear. Yeah. Not, not that you, you would know. Um, no. <laughs> no clue. Okay. Um, what was I going to say though with the maybes? And that's the passive exposures. This is a, a personal, um, uh, like something I think is really important that people talk about because it can be difficult sometimes to trigger yourself in a manufactured setting, like a, like a dedicated exposure. So, uh, but you're going to be triggered all the time and you always have opportunities for response prevention. I think exposure is great because you're going directly into the lion's mouth. You're sending yourself the message that you can do this, that you can just run towards fear and brah, right? But yeah. I think also equally important, if not ultimately more so, is the response prevention piece in daily life. Yep, absolutely. And that just takes a lot of time and practice too to get on that. Yeah. So. It is, yeah. it does. And uh, for whatever it's worth for anyone who's trying, it it's not all or none, right? You can catch yourself mid compulsion and go, whoa, wait a second. And you can recontaminate, right? You can, yeah. you can go back and say, maybe, right. You can do all sorts of, of things to recontaminate depending on the type of OCD with existential. It, it might be saying that your fear is, is possible and then continue on. So you don't have to beat up on yourself if you ever, but if you find yourself in the middle of, of mentally compulsing or compulsing. I just thought of, yes. And I just thought of another one. Do is it. That I remember, well, I've done this a few times where they have them, my clients uh, do a recording of themselves and they're listening to it as they're kind of going along their daily chores. It's like one ear mm-hmm. in and one ear out. And it's like, don't forget none of this is real. Or right. are you sure that this is real? So, right. the, I mean, I think that maybe not out of the gate to do that guy, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's a, it's definitely a, it's a good one. It is a good one. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Scary. And it deja is. vu too, by the way, we didn't yes. touch on that. But Same that about, feeling, yeah, the feeling of deja vu, which we all experience and that triggers people who have existential sometimes. And, and it's, well, then what, like, what's, am I replaying something? Right. right. Or fill right. in the blank. Maybe, maybe this, we're all stuck in a loop. Maybe we're just reliving. Maybe this is Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Um, so lots, lots of opportunities yeah. for triggers here. Um, shall we, do you want to mm-hmm. look at some questions? Yes, let's okay. do it. So we've got some great questions. Thank you for, for submitting. And for those who are here, we'll try to get to yours too. So This is an interesting question. Does the existential OCD ever stop or will it always be there slightly? 
<laughs> I'm not, yep. we're not laughing at the question. No, no. It's just because we both have lived through it and we're therapists, so we get it. It's like, yeah. well. <laughs> I, so I, I'm happy to give it a stab if then you want to. Stab it. Stab, stab the shit it. out of it. Stab I mean, it. stab the stuff out of it. Practicing. <laughs> so I think it depends on what you mean by existential OCD, hmm. right? So it's, there are several components to existential OCD, right? There's the mm-hmm. thoughts and then there's the doubt and the feeling and then the urge to figure it out. And then ultimately the compulsion. So will it always be there slightly? If we're talking about the thoughts, probably. It is in my experience that people, like, well, first of all, you're not getting rid of thoughts. Thoughts aren't going anywhere. And the more that we try to resist thoughts, the more they persist. So we ultimately really want to be accepting of the presence of the thoughts, including all of these worry thoughts. So if that's your aim, you're going to have a problem, right? Like I can't help you with that. Kelly can't help you with that. Nobody can help you with getting rid of thoughts. Yeah. Um, I think a lobotomy does, but <gasps> I hear that those aren't ideal. They look painful. Well, you won't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh my God. We're so dark. Um, All right. Sorry. Coming back. No, coming back. So I think the thoughts will always be there. And will you always have anxiety? Yes. And will you always have doubt? Yes, because those are normal parts of life. Will you always do compulsions? No, you don't have to. That's a choice. It is a choice. You may get caught up in them inadvertently from time to time. That's not to say we all do that with OCD. Um, But you always have the opportunity to reroute. And over time, the like certain content areas, (laughs) certain content areas become easier to navigate. Right? Like we, you, you don't get as caught as easily. And then another area can come up because there are so many things to be anxious about. And that's okay too, because if you have the basic blueprint, it's, it's the same approach. It's okay. How does it make sense to act on a rational level? And I'm going to do that and feel all of my discomfort. Yeah. And it's, it's very normal to, I mean, everyone's asked this question at some point, like, is it ever going to go away? Will it get better? But the more we try to just white knuckle and like, just be so rigid and be like, oh, I dig in your heels and like, I got to get rid of this. This has to happen. All of it. And it must. And all those cognitive distortions is like, well, that's how we're going to sink deeper. And that's actually going to hinder our ability to then recover. Yep. Yep. And if, if we're conversely willing to accept the presence of it and, and to have some of that experience, it reminds me of a book that you recommended to me that I read called No Mud, No Lotus by Thich Nhat Hanh. Right. Great book. It's such a good book. And yeah, it is. Check it out. Um, But this idea that you can have both, you can have the mm-hmm. thoughts and you can have anxiety and you can have joy and you can have sadness and you can have humor or laughter or joy, right? Like the, the, all of these experiences can coincide with one another. Mm-hmm. So yes exactly. and no, I think is the ultimate answer to this question. Yeah. Don't push feelings away. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
So good question. Yep. Um, the next one that I will just a reminder too, we're happy to address different questions about different subtypes with when we're talking about the subtype. We try to keep it sort of in, in line with whatever the topic is for the week. And we have done a number of other themes already, which you can check out on uh, our Instagram TV and on YouTube as well. Let's see. Can worrying about God's calling on your life, why can I not select this? There we go. Be an obsession, compulsion, avoid. Don't get the second part necessarily. Um, it's probably avoiding maybe the religion or whatever maybe. it is. Yeah. I think this is a great example of where scrupulosity starts to kind of creep in. Yep. Right. It's like, what's the point of life? And then there's parts of this. It's like, am I living my best life? Mm -hmm. Am I living my truest self life? Mm -hmm. Am um, I being authentic? Am I doing it right? Uh, is that really me who chose the shampoo bottle? It's probably not. Or was it some like weird version of me in a different parallel universe? I'm just kidding. It could be. Not Maybe kidding. it was an alien who infiltrated your brain for a minute. Absolutely. I don't know. <laughs> sorry. Just, I hope no, it sorry. was. I, I really hope it was. Hope it, was. Yeah. Um, it would explain a lot, though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it really would. For a second, I was like, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I got to think about something. Don't hold on, do Lauren. It. Don't do it. Okay. Okay. So, um, yes, with the, I totally agree that this can be an obsession. Like, am I, am I following God's will perfectly? Like, and yes. yeah, to your point really gets caught up in the religious scrupulosity. Mm -hmm. but that's um, for another. Yes. And there, we do, we have rig religious scrupulosity. Up, oh yeah. So if Please you want to check, check that out. out. Yeah. Okay. Next I did up. see a, a good one also in the feed that's existential related, but just so I'm saying it out loud so I don't forget. Okay. Proceed. And can the, is this something that the person could write in the... Um, I'm not sure if they're still here, but they well, asked about working from... Go ahead. Well, why don't, we, why don't we address that then? Okay. So this person asked, do you think working from home and being isolated can increase existential intrusive thoughts? Yes. I think the whole pandemic can increase yeah. existential interest. I mean, thoughts. really, <laughs> there was actually, I think, a big flare in that in clients who don't even have that yeah. flavor is like, I'm wasting my life. And like, is this really happening? Are we really shutting down the entire world right now? Like all of it is very, it's trip, man. It's like everyone's on acid. Well, and in this age of, so many different avenues for sharing information too, right? Like it's very difficult to know what's real and what's not real, you know, like what's accurate and what's not too, I think for some. Um, so there's been a lot, I think, to ratchet up this subtype over the last little while, but yeah, isolation for sure. It's Especially not good if you're for anyone with mm -hmm. OCD. Or Sorry. anyone, we're, we're yeah. social beings. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we need our tribe. 
even though I don't like socializing, I know it's good for me. And then when I get there, I'm like, all right, this isn't so bad. It's good. I like it. It's fine. I guess. I guess. Um, Lauren makes me do that sometimes. Um, Yeah, sometimes I make her hang out with me. It's weird. No. (laughs) She's like, I guess I'll let this alien come along. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and her and her offspring, her spawn, her, her alien okay. spawn. She's my favorite alien spawn. Has it I still out? don't know who, like, how she. Anyways, that was straight. Never mind. <laughs> okay. So, should we go on to another question? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just gonna say too that it's just it's hard for everybody to be home with OCD in your mind. But yes. Yes. For sure. Well, because there's not a lot competing for your attention, right? Nope. There's not a lot. I think that especially when your rituals are internal, I know I keep saying this, but because of that, so much of it is where your attention is, right? And so if you don't have something else competing for your attention, you're sort of in a vacuum and you're going to have more opportunity to go back to that rumination um, or whatever mental condition you might be doing. Yeah, totally. Uh if I feel depersonalized, I question my existence and it makes me feel crazy. I just realized that's not a question, but I, I do. I wanted to uh, say yeah, that yeah. based on what we're saying, that's part of depersonalization and derealization can be big triggers in this realm. Yeah. And I think too, I was going to say like just the physical symptoms in general, like if you're on a computer all day, And you're not used to being on a computer all day, but pandemic hits and you're on a computer all day. You start to feel kind of wonky. Like you don't feel normal, uh, whatever that is. You don't feel right on any level. No, no. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Is it over yet? Can it be over yet? No. Okay. (sighs) Working on it. Working on it. Um, Oh, this is a good question. How to feel like you have faith in a religion if you're constantly reviewing this question? I think that, yeah, yeah. go ahead. What did you say? No, no, please. Well, just if you're, I can see where somebody could worry that they weren't being faithful enough if they were caught in obsessions about the nature of reality, right? Because there is, um, there's a set out prescribed narrative around that within the faith and that that you're you know that you believe that you're supposed to really believe in the context of a faith and so it could almost feel sacrilegious to have these thoughts and I think it's not about I don't think we can ever feel well you just like the question because the word feel is in it how (laughs) to feel like you can't feel like you can't feel like you have faith right yeah you faith is a behavior it's not an emotion and i i think well i, I understand that there's an emotion there's that's emotion associated that's, yeah. right associated with having faith but i think what's more important is how we behave it's sort of like the feeling of love versus loving right like i think they've done brain scans on people who are at a religious ceremony of some sort, you know, like say a Sunday at 
church or a temple on Friday or, and their brains light up the same way people who fall, who are falling in love light up. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I could be that totally. Me. And also ironically, when you walk into an Apple store. What? Oh, yes. When you walk into an Apple store, you get the yes. same feeling. That's yes. I, I don't know the details of the story and the research that was done. But apparently your brain, like there's a light up similar to walking into an Apple store. Wow. Yeah. Interesting marketing, right? It is for sure. It's psychological. All marketing is. Yeah, for sure it is. It's crazy. Sorry. No, not spin people out too much. Super interesting. Yeah. So I guess at the end of this, you may not feel it, but you can still one can still have faith, right? Like we can't give direct advice, but I'm just saying like the, the concept of faith is the feeling of faith versus the action of faith, the trusting, the accepting uncertainty, right? Is part of faith. And you're not, you don't have to let your intrusive thoughts define you either. Mm -hmm. Because they're not about you or your innermost desires at the risk of being reassuring. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's, you can't avoid it. So, right. I know it's true. Um, just like you can't avoid triggers. It's equal. Nope. That's true. Uh, let's see. I know that there are more about existential. I'm looking for one. I'm trying to remember the ones off my head, the top of my head, because you had sent them to me. Um, Sorry, I'm I'm just going to, oh no, why can't, uh, I have OCD and experience depersonalization, dualization, and ex- existentialism. I'm spelling everything wrong, but at least that's, there's not, is there more to that question? No, unfortunately there is not. Why does this make you feel like everything around you isn't real? Because that's the definition of what dissociation is. Right. And if you're constantly questioning, like we talked about earlier, does this, the word the look right? Yeah. It won't look right. So it's the same concept is like, it's, if it, if you're constantly checking to see if something is real or not real, chances are it's not going to feel real. Yep. It, it kind of OCD does a, a 180 on your brain. Yeah. It's opposite land in OCD world. So messed up. Yeah. I, and I think I just, uh, going back to, do I harp on the feel thing too much? But I think that mm-hmm. the, the reality is that there is a feeling associated with uh, reality, but I don't know that it has anything to do with reality. Does that make sense? Wait, why does this make you feel like everything around you isn't real? And you and you're saying what? So, feeling as though everything around you isn't real, like that feeling actually has nothing to do with reality. We ascribe it yeah. to like feeling sort of off, but yeah, but it's really splitting just hairs. Of, yeah. No, well, no, I think I I don't actually think it's splitting hairs though, because I think what mm-hmm. I'm saying is that we have this emotional experience that we correlate with 
unreality. Sure. And if you can look at it as I'm having an emotional experience that I'm afraid that things aren't real, I, right. I think that having that sort of delineation I, personally can be helpful, but I don't, right. if, it, if it, it does feel pedantic, I certainly don't want to be doing that. <laughs> I think it just depends on the situation and the person as with everything. Yeah. But yeah. I get what they're saying. You know what I mean? Oh, but it doesn't, it doesn't, ex- your, their experience isn't how they want I- it to be. Absolutely. No. And I, I think what I'm trying to point out is that is the restructuring part. Well, just the, the sort of space, right. The, the mindful space between like, this is a feeling and right. I've ascribed a narrative about it not being real to that feeling, but that doesn't, it doesn't actually have to do with reality. It's just this sense that I get that I, I think of as having being associated with unreality. Right. No, I'm with you. I gotcha. But, I'm not, I'm not trying to split hairs. Oh, just, the point is, is that feelings and thoughts were paying too much attention and value to them yes, too. Exactly. Um, let us see. I think that we've, we've covered most of the existential. I think that's the one you just had put up. Wait, did I, I didn't hear. This is the, I, okay. I just saw this one Ah. so this is about existential well so yeah (laughs) so i i do i we actually we checked in about this one beforehand i think it's you can have a thought like is this world just a terrible place and does it does it even matter what's the point like i think that that can be the beginning of an existential concern. Well, let's say the question just because of recording things is um, the question is, is the question is rumination is the, the world a terrible place? Existential OCD is the world a terrible place. What if the world is a terrible place? Right. What if the world is a terrible place? It is a gateway drug. Is what we're saying. <laughs> it's existential OCD because it's then saying, well, if it is a terrible place, then what's the point of all this? And where it, what's the type of person I want? It's just, it's, uh, I can already see it spinning into, yeah. into a dark, deep hole. So, totally. Exactly. If that's in fact what that person's asking, please yeah. correct us if, if you're here and that's wrong. But, Back to a discussion that we've had a a number of times on here while we are talking about subtypes because they're helpful in terms of categorizing compulsions and obsessions and exposures. Ultimately, it it doesn't have to fit into a definitive category. Mm -hmm. Like if you have uncertainty about something and fear about something and then you want to figure it out, you want to do all these things to figure it out, that's OCD. Right. Exactly. Anyway, I don't think that there were any other questions about existential. Do you remember any that we had talked about before? Um, no, but that's because I have the memory capacity of a gnat. Well, my brain Nat is Swiss itis. cheese. And so <laughs> your little gnat can fly through my Swiss oh cheese. My gosh. It'll be good. Alien gnat, because, you know, I was probed at some point. Of course. <laughs> I forgot okay. about the probing, yeah. Um, the mental probing. 
Mm -hmm. Oh, wait. Um, no, that's the one that I, we just talked about. So yeah, I think that that just about does it for existential. Any last thoughts? No, other than thank you for joining us. And, um, somebody did just put one up in me. Oh, Oh, I lost you for a second. I got you now. We're good. Apologies. Somebody just put up a question in the feed about existential. We have time for one more. Okay. You can you speak on any advice on how to not reassure yourself by reminding yourself that you are a human living in the world? It's hard to not reassure yourself of what, uh, of that when having existential OCD. Do you want to? Um... Well, so, yeah, I mean, that is a compulsion, though, right? Because you're trying to find certainty on that you're actually a human being mm -hmm. and that you're living on this earth. Right. Those are two pretty you-want answers. Yeah. And it's very scary. And, of course, like, I imagine it would be hard to not give yourself reassurance, meaning you're walking down the street and other people who you have defined as human are now mm -hmm. looking at your human body and they're treating you like a human versus a dog right or a frog right and that there is to your you were saying this a little bit before that there's going to be natural reassurance that comes up in the world just like there are natural triggers right yes. like you're going to get that just by living right and then we say well it appears so and coming back i'm walking right, right. coming back to the present moment yeah um but yeah, I think recontaminating can come into play too, right? If you, if you notice that you've reassured yourself, that's okay. Just undo it, right? You can undo, like if you yeah. can undo things redo. rituals, like redo it. Yeah, essentially. Exactly. So you, you can just say, you know what? Yeah. Maybe I'm not a human and maybe I'm not living on this earth and then drink <laughs> in that feeling. Yeah. I, I love when my clients who I've had for a while come to me and they're like, well, this week I did some collagens and Kelly and I, you'll be proud of me. I'm like, yes, I will. Cause I am. <laughs> um, I doubled down. Like I did an exposure right after I knew I had to, I'm like, yes. Yeah. Right on badass warriors. Yeah. Freaking awesome. Love it. Awesome sauce. Really awesome sauce. Truly. So <sighs> Yeah. So next week. So oh. next week, I just remembered this. I cannot, I, I will not be here. Okay. But the following, following week. Emotional. Contamination. Yes. Yeah. Yep. We're going to be talking emotional contamination OCD. It's going to be great. And so get ready. Join us. Get ready. Get pumped. Get pumped. Get out there. Do some exposure work, you know, in the meantime. <laughs> Try not to be, you know, a, a human. Maybe be more of like a banana. Oh, yeah. Oh, or okay. a plant. Or, I don't know, a squid. Okay. They're aggressive. I like it. I like, <laughs> I like your style. <laughs> I like your style, too. But you already okay, knew cool. that. All right, yeah. guys. All uh, right. Thanks for being here. And if you have any suggestions or things that you'd like to see us talk about, feel free to DM us and, uh, you know, we'll add it to the list. Yes. All right. See you soon. All right. See you later. Okay. Goodbye. Bye.
Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.